Chris Kresge. He's the editorial director for MTV. And that's another fancy title that really means head writer, doesn't it, Chris? Yeah, that's exactly right. It's just a, a, a way of putting it on paper that actually sounds terrible to say, but it gets me a bigger bonus at the well, end of the year. Well, good for you. And an extra week of vacation, which I'm using this week. Some people aren't going to believe that there is a writer for MTV. Some people think it's just kind of all tossed together. It's, it's a little of both. It is sort of all tossed together, but there's, there's actually six of us. Um, and we write everything that's not a video or a commercial. Like what? Tell us what you do. Uh, all the promos, all the image spots, all the tune-in spots, um, all the, the, the shows on the channel, uh, the series on the channel, the weekends on the channel, the award shows on the channel, and on and on and on. Wow. Down the list. Um, uh, let's it, start with a, a lot of work. Let's, let's start with the promos. I think the thing that stands out to me most about MTV is the crazy things they run in between the music videos. Yeah, that's, that's uh, pretty much... Uh, uh, a lot of people think that, and that is, we we take a lot of pride in not doing what looks like anything else. Um, strangely enough, one of the problems we have is that almost immediately when we'll do something goofy or different, it'll show up in like, you know, you'll see it in a pizza ad somewhere right. on, on, you know, CBS or on yeah. NBC. Or, they, a, lot of, a, lot of, uh, right. a lot of the bigger ad agencies tend to, tend to copy. Um, yeah. you, if you, you notice, we did a, if, um, to give an example, we did a whole series of spots with... Um, a comedian named Dennis Leary. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know who he is. They were black and white. He's sort of mean. He smokes and he, he rants and raves, basically. Um, almost immediately, he was picked up by um, Wyden and Kennedy, which is sort of the new, you know, trendy spot to get your ads done. And uh, he's all over the channel. He does the spots with Deion Sanders and Bo Jackson. Yeah. Uh, anyway. You got a, the guy to, who does the Burger King ads. He's an MTV he's guy. He's an MTV guy, too. Yeah, he's from one of our series, MTV Sports. It's Dan Cortez. Yeah, one of um, the things that MTV has really done, and I'm not saying I wholeheartedly endorse MTV, but they've certainly changed the way everybody else does things in television. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, we, just, we have to constantly keep changing. In fact, starting, uh, what's say the 30th? In two days, the whole channel's going to look different again because already um, our voiceover guy is doing beer ads and, you know, mm-hmm. our, the typeface we were using is showing up in... in, in uh, you know, standard commercial kind of stuff. So, yeah, we're changing the channel a lot. It's going to look a lot, um, I hate to use this word, but it's going to look grungier, sort of dirtier and, and less polished. <laughs> oh, good. Before. Oh, yeah, great. Yeah, it's going to be kind oh. of neat. In fact, you're going to see, I shouldn't tell you this because we're not supposed to tell, um, but I can tell you. Um, you're going to see this whole, the, the look of the typeface on the channel and the graphics and everything. Yeah. It's going to look like this whole sort of vaguely familiar um, letter style. It's basically one of those little tape things. You know those things where you twist the little dial? and you type out labels for your oh, yeah. stuff. Yeah. That's what it is. They just used that, and they shot it under a cam- camera and did... Uh, They're just going to use a, just a cheap old label maker? <laughs> yeah. We tried out all these all these different uh, things, and we ended up using this 79-cent thing from a hardware store. What do you guys do? Just sit around and think of the weirdest things you can possibly do? Some, yeah, some of us do. Actually, I have a couple of people on staff who are sort of... It's funny. There's six of us. Two of us, two of them are sort of way out there and do sort of sit around thinking up the weirdest stuff they can do. Um, I have one guy who's a little straighter who does a lot of the tune-in stuff, and then there's two of us that do most of the funnier stuff. Um, and uh, one person I just make do everything else. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you worked on the TV series Remote Control, uh-huh. which is I thought it was great. Uh, yeah, I, I, I missed that show. That was, that was a lot of fun. I was head writer on that show. Now, that uh, always had the look of just kind of being tossed together. That's basically was about right um it was a lot of work though we would because um every question had to be funny that was the basic idea yeah and when you when you're sitting there and you're trying to think of questions about you know bewitched 
and a way to make that funny at the same time. It's hard. It's. It, I think that was one of the best things about it was that it looked so thrown together. But there was a lot of pre-production on that show. Hmm. Um, but I mean, uh, we went through. I think it was three hundred nine episodes in about eighteen months. They were all taped. Wow. So it was. Yeah, it was overwhelming at times. Um, but it was really. It was like genuinely funny. It's, it's funny you mentioned it because I just pulled a couple of tapes from it, which mm. I hadn't seen in a while, and it was funnier than I remember. Yeah, it is funny. Yeah, and you've also the, that too. I mean, a lot of the people from that show have gone on to uh, oh yeah bigger and better things. A lot of uh, some of the things you've worked on are like the music video awards yeah. and the movie awards and things like that. Now you've right. got to have contact with a lot of big name stars. Yeah, I would it's funny because you get you get you know. You get ten or fifteen minutes with everybody. Yeah, tell you know? it. it is, it's uh, tell us some star stories. Oh God, there's one of some, one, some of, one of my favorite ones. I've I've always sort of been this. I, well, I was anyway. This, this sort of giant Roy Orbison fan, and I'm sta- I was standing on a, like a balcony. We were in at Mardi Gras. This is in 1988, uh, doing a live weekend with uh, I think the hosts were Buster Poindexter and Tracy Ullman. I think. So I was standing on the balcony with them, you know, going over what they were going to say and that kind of stuff. And uh, um, I get tapped on the shoulder, and I turn around, and it's it's Roy Orbison standing behind me. Mm-hmm. And he goes, he goes, are you Chris? First of all, he looked like he was about 75 years old. He looked like Larry <laughs> Bud Melman, you know, just, <laughs> um, with black hair. Um, but he said, are you Chris? And I was like, uh, 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 you know, I did like a Ralph Cramden. Yeah. And he said, they told me to come find you. So he showed up unannounced um, and, and supported wow. him. But the, yeah, you do get to, with the award shows, especially what you pretty much work with. Have you worked with Michael Jackson? Once, very briefly. He's uh, it's, he tends to be very secretive, and he keeps keeps the crews as minimal as possible. But uh, he was okay. I should probably not say a whole lot more. Come on now, come on, spit it out. You don't <laughs> he's sound little, He's very guarded, and he, and it's it's very hard to get close to him. And he he does he is what what he seems like. You, you know? know, I met Michael Jackson once. Uh, down at Disney World. Uh-huh. Actually, I took some students down there when I was teaching at a college in Florida. And Michael Jackson, of course, loves Disney World, right. anything Disney. And so we just followed him around all day. Once we saw he was there, we decided to follow him around. And he, I thought he was kind of a nice guy because he did uh, autograph our things for us and talk to us for a minute. Uh-huh. But he's very strange. I mean, yeah, it's a little bit. He's a little bit. It takes him a while too. We, we did a thing where where thirty people from around the, the world actually won dinner with him. Yeah. And they were expecting him, he can surprise you on the nice side, side too, but they, they were expecting him to kind of show up and wave and, and sort of walk through the place and leave. He ended up spending like an hour. Um, hmm. at the, and we have all this footage. I don't know if I'm allowed to say this. Okay, I'm going to say it. We have all this footage of him like dancing with the prize winners and forming a conga line. And like, it's <laughs> amazing. You wouldn't believe it was him. Let me tell you my, my quick weird Michael Jackson story. We were watching a bunch of cameras down at Disney World shooting him, and we thought there was a TV channel, like MTV or something, mm-hmm. shooting him at Disney World. So we walked up to the guys shooting the cameras, and we said, well, do you work for MTV or a local TV station or what? And they said, no, we work for Michael Jackson. And we said, what? <laughs> and they said, yeah, Michael likes to take film of himself meeting people. He likes to see the crowd reaction. He likes to see girls faint. So we take the film, we edit it, and then he plays it at home in his private theater to right. watch how the crowd reacts to right. it. Weird. That's, yeah, that is a running thing with him. If you notice um, any of the later things he's done, there's, there's a lot of, like, fawning crowd reaction yeah, shots. In yeah. there. Our guest is Chris Kresge. He's the head writer for MTV, the Music Video Network. Uh, Chris, there's been criticisms of MTV. I'm sure you've heard these in the past, and I want you to kind of comment on them. Sure. Uh, first of all, your target audience. It seems like most of the people who are, who are your, in your target audience are teenage males. 
and and some of the material that you air isn't appropriate for teenage males. Um, yeah, that goes back and forth. It's funny because the target audience isn't necessarily teenage males. It's sort of, I think, 14 to 39 male and female. Um, teenage males do make up a big, a big batch of the audience, though, demographically. It's funny, though, too, we're finding lately that... Um, the top end of our demographics is rising. We're, I mean, it used to be, you know, yeah. 34, 30, 34. There's a lot of, like, 40s and up now watching the channel, which is... Well, I suppose as people get older now, they're just sticking yeah. with it. You know, there's more, there's more people that, uh, you yeah. know, would be interested. I agree with you, though. I think some of the stuff is a little, a little much. Uh, on the other hand, you know, it's not... It's a, it's a tough call, because you don't want to infringe upon what people right. do, and at the same time, you don't want to pander to the worst elements right. of either. There are some things we haven't shown. Uh, the Madonna sex thing we left on after midnight. Um, the, uh, I think basically because when we, when we didn't play the one before it, Justify My Love, um, the criticism was pretty negative about us not playing it. Mm -hmm. You know, most people thought it should have been on it somewhere, sometime. I A lot of the stuff that's really I think objectionable. Um, you'll tend to find after 10 yeah. o'clock at night now. That's one I of think the, people would be surprised to hear that, that MTV does censor what goes on. Oh, yeah. No, there's, there's a whole standards and practices department. It's funny because I have to deal with them all the time now. We're, we're doing a new cartoon show um, with these two characters, Beavis and Butthead, their names are, um, who are sort of, they're like Wayne and Garth, but they're not that smart, mm -hmm. if that's possible. <laughs> <laughs> and not that, and they're, they're sort of mean as opposed to good good-natured like Wayne and Garth are. Yeah. Um, but it's kind of fun to write cartoons. But anyway, so every day now I'm going back and forth to the Sanderson Practices Department, and I'm finding out that they really do, um, they really do keep track of everything. Yeah. In fact, they have all the lyric sheets for every song wow. written down, and if you look through them, you know, they, go, they go phonetically through the songs, and it's like you'll see whole pages of ooh-ooh or like, ooh, yeah, yeah, baby, yeah. you know, listed out. It's just funny to see it in print. Uh, other criticisms, too much violence on MTV. Yeah, that's, that's one thing we're, we're, we're starting to crack down more and more on. We are um, sending things back, actually, um, sending videos back for editing um, if they are too violent, especially some of the rap videos are... are well, what about violent violence. language? That, too, that, too. I mean, we, there are certain FCC guidelines that we have to adhere to. Um, aside from that, it becomes a very iffy question because you don't want to start censoring people on our end if they fit within the guidelines that we can air. You know, some of that, you know, some of that rap stuff. I mean, let's face it, some of rap is crap. There's no other way well, around it. Well, yeah, the, but you know, it's funny because it's like it's not really our place to make the aesthetic uh, criticism as long as there's an audience. You know. Yeah, but what you're saying is, if the audience likes it, you'll play it because the audience likes it. But the only way that they'll get to like it is if you play it in the first place. Oh no, that's not that's not actually true. It's, I was amazed at how many uh, records rap sells. Um, so they, if they find it, I but mean, but just because it sells records, fun. you don't have to to put the video on just because it sells records, do you? Uh, no, we don't have to. But I mean, it's not really like I said. It's not. I mean, if it's an aesthetic call, that's not our call to make. Yeah. You know, if there is an audience for it, we we really should give them an opportunity to see it, as long as it fits within the standard FCC uh, guidelines of you know. Another criticism is the female roles on MTV. Uh huh tends to be a lot of abuse. Uh, women are always kind of put down. They're the ones who are abused. You very rarely see women in lead roles, in positive roles, and in, in, even in singing roles on MTV. Yeah, it's funny. That, um, I kind of agree with that one, to be honest with you. <laughs> but um, in terms of what we can do about it as a channel, uh, 
it's a limited thing. I mean, because we don't make or or have any creative control over the actual videos. They come to us. They're paid for by the record companies, and the bands and the directors come up with the concept and uh, and put it together. When yeah. once it comes to us, they consider it finished. If there's something really objectionable, we'll we'll ask them to take it yeah. out. But uh, that is something um, that I, I would tend to agree with. But okay. um, it is also something that we're trying to steer away from. We're showing more and more videos um, based on their creative content as opposed to the, um, you know, the band or whatever. Yeah. So you'll see, you'll see things get on the channel just based on their creative content alone. Okay. That's basically to stir up some of that among the, among the, uh, the sort of niche, niches in the uh, music video uh, society where that just sort of have the heavy metal band in the warehouse with the smoke and the babes in their yeah. underwear. Chris, we have a call from Bob. Bob, go ahead. Uh, good morning, guys. Hi. Hey, Chris, I, I remember uh, watching MTV when it first came on the air, and I was just curious, when did when did you really, maybe the writers or the editorial staff, uh, make the decision to move away from music and more toward uh, left-wing political activism? <laughs> it's funny. It's, with the choose or lose stuff you mean this year? Yeah. Well, that's just, yeah, one example. Yeah, it's it's they tried to keep it uh, to keep it uh, even-handed, but I have to agree with you. I thought it was it looked a little bit. Um, you could certainly tell who 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 uh, we were rooting for, anyway. Yeah. Well, I appreciate your honesty. Yeah, I, I do I know, remember I that. that when... The tape will come back, and I'll get in trouble. But uh, <laughs> it's funny because I almost wonder. I mean, it was a very noble cause. You know, we were trying basically the the underlying thing there was to get younger people to to register. Right. That's great. But I almost have, this is also not going to sound like a wonderful thing to say, but I almost have, I almost wonder if image-wise it's not a bad idea for us to be responsible and um, hmm. sort Why? of um, upstanding and stuff. I mean, that's, it sort of runs contrary to everything rock and roll, anyway, <laughs> put that in quotes, has always been. And uh-huh. I, I wonder if that's like a mis- mixed message, as noble as it is. Could, could you know, be. I seem to be one of the only people who thinks that everyone else seems to really love that. Yeah, so, well, and there is, we're moving away from that. Um, in the next year, you'll see that same sort of energy that we pushed for the for the election is going to go more into tolerance and sort of like everyone just getting along with everyone, which is, I think, a much more appropriate space for us to be than politics. Well, I remember video killed the radio star. So. Yeah, the first Bye. one. Me too. I remember that. Bye. Thanks, Bob. Do you that th- was the first video ever played on the Yeah. Team. Chris, do you think that MTV had a substantial role in Clinton's victory? I know that young people, I know that the... the Young people voting was up fifteen percent. Um, you know, and substantial is a a loose word, but yeah, I think I think it would fit. Um, I do think I do think uh, the youth vote anyway came out in greater numbers than it would have for him without the two zero stuff. Well, then you realize that MTV has a lot of influence. Mm-hmm. Does that scare oh, yeah. you? Does it scare you as as the head writer? You know, it's a, it's a funny thing because it does. It, it, it's amazing what people will remember too. Um, or, or bring up. It's like the, one of the one of the things I was happiest with ever that I ever did at the channel was getting Pee Wee Herman to open last year's 1992 Video Musical. Well, oh, you did that. That was my idea. Yeah. Well, that was. That, I know that made all the press. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I felt like he had been given a little bit of a raw deal, um, and I just, I, you know, and I, I was a huge fan anyway before the whole thing. So yeah. I, I kind of pushed it through, and we 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 agonized over what he was going to say when he came out. Finally, that hit us like the day before. Yeah. But, um, I'm sorry, in terms of influence, it, it, that's what I mean. That was, that was when it really hit me, when the next day, everywhere, yep. that tape was playing all the time. Every, every break on CNN, every local station had it. 
And, you know, every radio station was playing the audio from it. It was, it was yeah. scary. Now, people may be surprised to hear that you are married. You're the father of, what, a two-and-a-half-year-old Two Two-and-a-half-year-old who's running around the house now. You may hear her in the background is, breaking things. Do you let her watch MTV? She did. When she was a baby, she did. Amazing enough, <laughs> I guess because the, the pictures change and it's colorful and stuff. I mean, when she was like six months, she would sit and watch it. Now she doesn't have any time for it. She'd much rather watch, uh, you know, Sharon Lois and Brahm on Nickelodeon. Yeah. When she gets to be 10 or 12, will you let her watch it? Mm, yeah, it's a, it's, now you got me. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I would, I would worry about it, I'd have to yeah. say. Well, good. I'm glad to hear you say that because I know, think I would, a lot of parents I would do worry. think about it anyway. What Maybe is, steer her away from What does your wife think of it? She's, uh... It's funny, because she's seen it from both ends. She knows the people that work there, and she knows the channel. I think it's not something... Oh, jeez, I shouldn't say this. It's Go not ahead. something we have on a whole lot at the house. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, she doesn't have a problem with it, I don't, so much, as, as uh, she just has not a whole lot of interest in it. <laughs> yeah, but I've heard other rock stars say they would be hesitant to let their children watch MTV. Yeah. It's funny, because so many of them have kids now um, that, they, that they, they think that way. Um, you know, even... Uh, his name, Kirk Cobain, has said things that he wasn't sure he'd let his kid watch. Yeah. I mean, come on. <laughs> That's right. Chris Kresge is our guest. He's the head writer for MTV.